0: Let's hit it! Well, hi everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are gonna have a fascinating conversation as usual as we learn from people all around the world. At all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Okay, here we go. What you think about? You will bring about the change. We will, we will Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Alzheimer Speaks Radio. If you enjoyed the music. Uh, And our opening, it's a new song called Clarion Call by the Mark Arneson Band. And you can download it on any of your favorite music platforms. So please check that out. Again, Clarion Call by the Mark Arneson Band. And for those of you that are new to our show, we're about sound news, not just sound bites. We want to get the true story and have heartfelt conversations. And our goal is to raise everyone's voice, from those living with dementia to the families and researchers Um, authors, musicians, uh, businesses, you name it. uh, We want to hear what you're doing and how it can help others out there. Uh, Maybe avoid some of the struggles that, that you personally went through. Now, today's show we're going to be discussing finances and how do you how do you get all that stuff organized your personal information but before i go to our guest i always want to give a couple of quick shout outs first is to the memory cafe directory they are now tracking virtual memory cafes to make it a little bit easier for people to connect since we're all kind of housebound these days so you can go to memorycafedirectory.com the other is live to be healthy they're a fitness and nutrition company that used to meet on site but is now doing some virtual um, online things as well so you can check them out at live and the number two the letter B, and then healthy. Also, during this time, the coronavirus, we're doing a weekly special. Uh, Typically, we'll launch on Sundays, and we're interviewing a variety of people during that show, and if that's something you're interested in telling your story, how you're adapting, love to hear from you. And don't forget our prior shows, everything is archived. And so yeah can't uh, you can't lose out if you missed a scheduled show. Everything is there, and we go back about ten years with that. Last, I want to thank each and every one of you as listeners. You see your likes, your clicks, and shares have really expanded our brand footprint here on Alzheimer's Speak. So I hope you will continue to um, to spread the word of our work um, and you know don 't just like our our radio show or our YouTube page or our blog, um, Facebook like them all. Let everybody know that that uh, you feel this content is valuable and that you want to be alerted when information comes out. So with no further ado, let me introduce you to Kay. I'm really excited to have Kay Bransford with us. She has cared for two parents, not just one, two, with dementia for over five years, and she turned that experience into an Amazon best-selling book. She has also founded a business called Memory Bank, and bank is with a C, which helps families deal with all of their personal organization we we need to, to have in order and have in place, and yet are really scared to deal with because we think if we address it, it's going to be the end. And it really is just about smart living. And so her workbook really helps you organize your life, and she has just helped so many she also won the Older Adult Focused Innovation Award from AARP Foundation. Congratulations on that. That's a, that's a big one. And Kay has also appeared on the Dr. Oz Show. She's been on the Huffington Post and BBC and lots of different television and radio programs, you know, just to help. Connect families and educate them on how to get your personal information organized and live well So welcome Kay, how are you today? I am good. Thank you. Well, I'm excited to have you here with me today Now I had mentioned in the intro that you had two parents that had dementia Do you Mm -hmm. mind just sharing a little bit more about that journey with us just so people have a
1: little more insight as to your background? Sure Um, It was interesting because I had a mom who was concerned about my dad. She thought it was getting a little bit more forgetful. A dad who was concerned about my mom, who we noticed personality changes, and I noticed her remembering things differently. So um, after as many of us have lived, you go through a series of things. It's not a quick diagnosis. My mom ended up having vascular dementia. She had had a stroke, um, which triggered a lot of you know, more noticeable issues cognitively. And when we found out about that, that was her second stroke. So the first stroke had the first memory issues where we were starting to notice behavior changes. And then as she was progressing in her own cognitive challenges, my dad was then diagnosed with Alzheimer's. So two different types of dementia, so um, but very similar Some things were the same and some things were very different with the changes in their behaviors and their... Wow. How far apart were their diagnoses? Do you remember? Um, They were actually diagnosed on the same day from the same doctor. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So we, I couldn't really get, one wouldn't go without the other. They were married. They were a great partnership. So we actually did neuropsychological testing with them together. People had suspected we think there's something, but you know, those many mental cognitive programs, they did really well. My dad had a 28 out of 30, um, but then was diagnosed with a moderate stage of dementia. So it's interesting how good and poor some of the testing can be, but it was actually the same day we found out both of them had different kinds of dementia and were both at a moderate stage by the time they were finally diagnosed.
0: Wow. You know, I think, wow, would a double whammy, but then to have one and then wait a few years or something, it would, it, no matter what it is, it would still hit you hard, I would imagine. Um,
1: well, in, I mean, it did, but it was almost, I mean, it's some of the part of where you have to find some of the humor in it because my dad knew something was wrong with my mom and my mom knew something was wrong with my dad, but neither of them could recognize it in themselves. So it was really interesting to watch. It was sad, but sometimes it was horrifically funny.
0: Okay, well, in humor, I know sustained me and, and my mom. You know, on our journey of thirty years, you know, with that. I mean, you laughter, uh, laughter is a savior in a lot of ways. <laughs> you know, with light <laughs> to keep us keep us moving. Why don't you tell us how? How did you come about your memory bank products because you've got you've got more than one and um, just at looking at your site and um, reading a little bit more i just think they're fantastic but why don't you know why don't you share with us
1: yeah so um as my my parent they were a military family so i grew up with mom and dad telling me here's our will here's all the information you need here's a check should something happen so they were ultimately prepared and did everything the estate lawyer, the financial planner, and the insurance provider said you needed to do. But what happened is, uh, as I was started to help them is I really didn't know a lot of the, the details I needed. I didn't know account information. I didn't really know personal medical history. So I started to pull together this binder of information so that if I walked into a doctor's appointment, if I showed up at their house and the water was turned off, which I did once or twice, um, I could immediately respond and help address whatever issue needed to be taken care of. So it really started out of personal necessity and just trying to help them and kind of be in the background because they thought everything was okay and felt they were doing and managing well. So it, that binder, I just started collecting all the information and writing it down, and I knew I'm one of four kids. So when my siblings came into town to give me a break, I could hand over the book and say, all right, you're on it, and you have everything you need to go. So it really was part of my personal process to just feel like I had some control and I could be a good advocate for both of them.
0: Well, I get that. I I did that with my folks, too. Um, wasn't smart enough to turn it into a business, though. But I remember, you know, it was just so important. And you you don't know what you don't know. And things would just kind <laughs> of pop up. And you're like, oh, my God, how did I not know about this? You know, why didn't you... Oh, I didn't think that was important. Or even when you mentioned, you know, cause my folks were really pretty open as well. And when you mentioned, you know, and here's a check in case you need something, my folks did the same thing, you know, it's just that, that era of, uh, you know, just, you never know, you never know. And I know yeah. I, I, st- I'm starting to do that myself. I'm 60 now and you know, my daughter's in her thirties and I, I just thought I gotta, I gotta pull this stuff together. I have it all, but you'll never find it, you know, or not easily (laughs) in terms of it being scattered. And, you know, even the passwords for all the stuff that you have nowadays and, and things and, and stuff. How long did it take you to decide to create your first product? Was it, you know, was it during, while you're caring for your folks or,
1: Or, you know, was it later in the journey? (laughs) So, um, I mean, I was still working in corporate America, had a full-time job, and I would go into work and tell people, like, you won't believe what happened, here's what I'm doing. I had the book with me, so I could always jump and go or answer a question on the phone. And I started to learn how many people around me had similar issues, and I was raising two kids, so it was a really overwhelming time. So... I kind of went through a period where I realized that it's just too, it was hard to stay in your job and be a good, I was a, I felt like I was a bad employee. I was a bad parent. I was a bad caregiving daughter. I couldn't do anything well. And so as I was going through that like personal change, I realized that this really was a need for the community. And in talking to people around me, they just said, I'd really like a copy of your book. So it just spawned the idea that, you know what, now's the time. You need to do something about it. It just, this is too hard. It shouldn't be this difficult for us to, to be good advocates for our loved ones. Yeah. When, so that, oh, that was probably three months. I kind of hemmed and hawed over it for a while.
0: Yeah, well, and it's so nice to know that what you did is helpful for somebody else too. You know, it's it, it, to me, in, in my advocacy with my work, I, I just find that, well, it wasn't all for nothing you right. know you kind of come out with okay um, this is helpful there was something to learn and i can share i'm always learning and always adjusting and have just always kind of had that had that mindset why don't you tell us a little bit about the different types of products that you have um, developed
1: yep so i mean i started out and it was a binder system because i just realized that's the easiest way that's what i did for myself as i had sections, household finances, medical, their online information. And so I really took the tool and through that my three month period in doing market research, I talked to a lot of financial advisors and asked them what were important sections. Um, so I did, I started with a binder system because that seemed easy to do. People could add papers, take away, custom tailor it to themselves. So as I did this thinking it was for caregivers, what happened my first year of business is most of my people buying the products were families. So it was husbands and wives buying it to have joint conversations. It wasn't just caregivers. And so from that, they're like, you know what? I really don't want a paper system. Can I have it digital? So I took the paper system and I turned it into a digital product. So it's an editable PDF that people can keep on a flash drive. Um, and from there, and part of my work with AERP Foundation was they wanted to have a tool that could be used by families all across the country, low income specifically. And so the workbook tool was basically taking the binder system and putting it in a, in a printed format that was, could be reproduced inexpensively and easily purchased. And it's you know, less than $20. Everyone can get a tool that they can use and have for their families.
0: Well, that's amazing. I, I think that digital, you know, is just so important because people realize, I, I think, how often stuff changes these days too, you know, or you move the money over here and you moved it over there, or you're dealing with this person or, you know, all those uh, different components that, uh that change over time. I know with my folks, oh my gosh, they had stuff all over the place. I'm like, we got to consolidate this. I don't know how you're keeping any of this straight, you know, and and they were they were fine with that. And, you know, we found somebody that they were comfortable with and they didn't even realize that they had kind of all these little pots all over the place. And then, you know, when you're talking about bill pain and things like that as well, um, or just the, the doctor's names too, I found right. was just you know critical, and and um, you know the older they became, and there were more needs and more specialists, and it's like man, if I don't have this written down, I don't have a I don't have a chance of being helpful right. to them, and so it, it's really very very interesting on on all of that. How did this all impact your your journey as a caregiver yourself? Mm-hmm.
1: So it was really interesting because I think one of the things that I learned um, poignantly the first year was we kind of want to go in and just take care of it. Like I was a fixer. So I wanted to show up, I wanted to fix things. And so, but they don't want you to do that. And so, one of the things that helped me learn was that if I included them in creating this information, when I included them on doing bill pay or asking them questions about, you know, renewing the insurance, they were happy to participate. It was when I wanted to come in and take things away and not involve them um, that there was a problem because they're like, I'm fine, I can do this by myself. But if it was a joint thing and I included them, it really made a big difference on how we actually, you know, work together and it, it's empowerment to them. So it made me realize how much everybody needs purpose and meaning. And you can't just take away someone's checkbook because you're worried for their safety. They want to have a checkbook. My mom needed to have a checkbook. So we made a system so she could have a checkbook that didn't have a lot of money in it. So when she left her purse somewhere, <laughs> we weren't so worried. So there's, way, you know, there's crafty ways for you to manage around a lot of the issues that you're going to face to let someone have purpose and meaning. And I really learned that in spades the very first few years helping my parents as well as managing the business and working with other families.
0: I can totally agree with that. The importance of having them involved. One of the situations, and I don't know if you ran into this, but uh, there got to be a point, my dad had brain cancer, my mom had dementia and we were working with a financial planner and it was always their choice. I would drive them to the meetings and stuff, but it was adamant that, you know, this is their money and their funds and, it got to a point at the, towards the end with my dad's disease that he didn't really want to make a great decision. And, mm-hmm. and um, my brothers and I kind of went back and forth and I just said, this will kill him if we stop him and tell him, you know, and block this. And yeah, he's going to lose some money. But for me, it was more important that he had his dignity because it was right. his money. And I know not everybody looks at it like that. And even though I had power of attorney, um, you know, and I could have, I could have gone back and readjusted things. I just didn't. And my brothers weren't real happy with me about that, but I just thought this is this, it was just so important to my dad. It was just so very important that he was able to choose. And so I don't know. Those are those are things though that, that families have to struggle with. You know, how are you gonna how are you gonna deal with that? And I don't think there's necessarily a right or a wrong way, um, in terms of doing that. And and maybe maybe you think there is or have, have some advice with that. Um personalities
1: are interesting though. Right. Well, I mean it's funny because we had with four siblings it made it easy to have um, it was easy for us to vote. It was very clear what, you know, you, we would be worried about having a two, two tie. We, we put ground rules into place so we would have family votes. If it impacted us financially, here's how we would manage the vote. So I, I think it's good to have ground rules. If you are na- navigating with siblings and I actually have a, you know, three rules to go by that I've posted up on my blog um, And it works really well for us. So I don't think anything's right for everyone. I think things that are right for you and your family and you have to find that balance. Because a lot of times people do view it as like, this is our future inheritance. And it's like, it's not your future inheritance. It's your parents' money. You know, it's the individual's money until they're not alive anymore. So I find that to be the most difficult as a lot of times people do view it as protecting their money, not using someone's money to help them live the life that they want. Um, and I, I'm glad you did that. It sounds like you did the right thing for your dad.
0: Yeah, and you know, like I said, he he lost some money, but it was it was his money to lose, you right. know. And it just uh, to me, it wouldn't have been worth um, any any dollar amount to have him lose his dignity, right? You know, and in his in his independence, you know, all of those all of those pieces. I mean, I remember. Even when we had to take the car away and having those discussions you know were not easy and my dad still really wanted to drive, but it wasn't safe, so we would you know he would still have his clicker um, but he would he wouldn't take the car there wasn't a key on it, but he could he could click it and this was before the electronic buttons where we probably could have gotten into some trouble there. But he uh, he would wait until I came over and I would drive and um, he would navigate you know where we're going and how he wanted to get there and I would follow that. But just about every time we'd go to leave, I'd have to get out of the car, stop the car, and shut the trunk because he was clicking the buttons. <laughs> you know, I mean, he'd, <laughs> he'd pop the he'd pop the trunk open, but it made him feel good, and so it was okay. It was okay. I-
1: yeah, and and you probably have dealt with this too. Is I think the biggest thing that I I can hold my hat on is I know, I know I did what was best for them at the time with the information I had. So, knowing what their wishes were, knowing what they wanted, it might not you know looking back, I could have made a better decision. Looking back in my rearview mirror, but as you're in that moment, if you know that you're doing the best thing for them and in their best interests, you just it to me it alleviates so much guilt that you feel just because you can always second guess every decision you've made. And I think that was, that is the best thing I did was to know I always made the right choice based on what I believed they believed, if that makes sense. Um, so I think that's a huge thing to help people as they're on this journey is that it will help you immensely to, to know you're doing what's, what they wanted.
0: Yeah. Well, and I know for some families and mine included, You know, we were trying to get mom and dad to do their wills and stuff. And my dad's, ah, we don't have that much, you know, just kind of blue collar. And I'm like, you have more than you think you have. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, no, no, I didn't want to do that. Because I think in his mind, it was end of life. I do the will, I'm dying. And that was the connection. And so I said, how about if Tom and I do it at the same time? And so we went in and we got educated with the same attorney. Um, who did both of our wills and and healthcare directives and all of that, and that just made it so much easier for them because then it wasn't he, they didn't view it as an end of life thing, and I, I think sometimes that piece is missed. Um, right. You know, we should all be doing this when we're 18 years old. You know, getting all the <laughs> all our paperwork in order, and, and we don't. And I've I've dealt with many um, um, parents. Who can't talk to doctors and their kids in the hospital unconscious but they're paying the hospital bill right. but because there's no power of attorney they don't know yes. what's going on and so it really I think we really have to focus people this is about smart living this is about mm-hmm. easing the stress in the long run um, alleviating like you said some of the guilt and the second-guessing that we feel because we haven't had these conversations and you know it, it's inevitable you know, that these things are going to have to be addressed for most of us out there. And uh, it's it's important conversations, I think, for families, families to have. Um, Since you launched the memory bank, what, um, what sticks out in your head the most in terms of what you've learned, maybe from others who have used your system,
1: system? Yeah, Um, I think that, again, it goes back to the doing in tandem, like so many people don't think about having these conversations with their partners, their spouses, their adult children. Um, And I, I've been so happy and fortunate because I've been able to see people use the tools to have those conversations. It's a workbook. So you're basically answering easy questions. And it's stuff that you know, you think you might've told someone. So then I ask people, it's like, how many times have you had a conversation with your partner or spouse where they have no idea what you're talking about? And you're like, I know I told you that. (laughs) So it's important to do that. So I've had so many people kind of come back and just say, thank you. Like it was hard to get started. Like a lot of times people are like, this is a big deal. It really isn't because you can sit down and do it in 15 minute increments and it's really easy to get done. And you'll have conversations about things that seemed really innocuous and you never wanted to discuss them, but there'll be a point in your life where they'll make a it'll make a big difference.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, when we think about it, you know, when the time comes and none of us know when that is, I think most of us want our loved ones to have a smoother process. You know, we don't want to dump more stress on them, and this is one way to really alleviate that and, and smooth the process because Even with my folks, we did all this pre-planning. There was still work that had to be done, you know, and, and so it can be little things like writing the obituary, you know, you have it, you have it paid for and you've got it all lined up with your prepaid burial stuff, but it still needs to be done. And, um, or trying to dig out all those, um, accounts, just even figuring out how many death certificates do you need? You know, I mean, it could be a really small little teeny weeny thing, or maybe, maybe it's not a death. Maybe someone's just incapacitated for a a while and making sure that, you know, the show keeps moving along and and bills are being paid and, um, you know, staying on top of those. It's, I mean, it's important stuff. Really yeah. important stuff.
1: Well, and I think it's even too that it's even the younger generation and to your point of like I gave my my son's 18th birthday he got a power of attorney and, and a medical power of attorney were his gifts and they will be gifts to my daughter when she turns 18 she knows it's coming but I think if we change the way we thought about how we share those rights because especially for the younger generation that most of their lives is online we don't have usernames and passcodes for them and it's so funny how many couples I talk to that it's like Okay, I get it, we did that, it's, uh, it's on my computer. Well, does your wife know your lock screen code? Uh, no. Well, she's not gonna get to anything. And I've had that actually happen with parents. They can't get into the computer where they know all the kids' information is. So it's having those conversation early about if we all wanna live better than our parents and we want to live great lives, we have to start planning and be more organized about our personal information today yeah
0: well and even if you can access the computer what the heck did they call it because no one wants to say passwords you know because if <laughs> someone someone got into their system they would find all that stuff so i mean it's it's um it, it's very layered it's very very layered with all yeah. of this stuff and it's got to be easily updated you know i know i've got a list I think it's 19 pages long now with uh, and I still don't have everything on it because I don't I won't put my banking and stuff on there but it's 19 pages worth of passwords and codes and you know and then they're constantly changing either I forget and I have to go in and reset it or they're telling me it's time to reset it or it's not as secure as what the new recommendations are and so um, you know, it's, and, and I don't like using the same passwords on, on everything. I know some people do, but I don't think that that's necessarily overly secure either, but that's a personal choice right? for yep. me. Um, yeah, I, I just, uh, I, I can imagine how, um, embrace this is on multiple levels. And, and to be honest, I would think, um, kind of during and after COVID, People are going to appreciate the system even more because so many people are going to be thrown in a crisis they never thought was going to hit. And anytime that happens to us, um, typically it makes us go inside and go, okay, what about my life now? How do we avoid these issues? And, And living smart and using the memory bank system, I think, is a is A brilliant way to be able to to do that, and plus we 've got the time you know a lot of people aren 't working right now, so um, you know we 've all been you know screaming life 's too busy, and we need more time to get important things done or enjoy life and you know now now's the time you know to look at some of those things and yeah. um, and get organized uh, with that. Have you seen a, a surge at all in in your um in your memory bank um, subscriptions and in orders yes. and things?
1: Yeah. So one of the, I, I we've been getting more orders because people are getting ready and it's interesting how many more people are going digital. Um, so we've had a lot more orders and I've been putting out, so I've been offering everyone during this time. I have a free white paper that I've always done. It's what to save and what to shred. And it has a checklist of all the information you need um and so i'm happy to offer that to all the listeners um today it's just at our website at memorybank.com forward slash save and it's a white paper they can download for free and it gives them everything that they can need to organize and i swear it all fits in a two-inch binder i've not had one client where we couldn't fit everything in a two-inch binder um if you just write down the information that you need so um, it's a simple way to get organized, and it will make a huge difference in your own life. I, that was what surprised me personally was I was thinking I was doing this for mom and dad, and when I did it in my own household, I realized how easy it was for me to get my hands on information that I was, you know, digging through the folders looking for, and now it sits right on my desk, so.
0: Oh, that's sweet. So can you can you get taxes down and not have all the receipts and just hold on to your, your binders, you know,
1: of? <laughs> well, so that's a good question. So the binder is really a roadmap. So you won't, you're not going to put out, if people, I guess I will say that I have people that will digitize everything. So we can digitize the tax documents and you can shred all those things and those are going to fit in the binder. But it could be, you might have a safe. So some people have jewelry or collections. So it will say, you know, here's the safe combination and here's where it is. Or here are my tax records. So you know where to go for all this information instead of looking in closets, in the attic, or wherever it may be. Yeah, because I
0: still have boxes of of taxes with all my receipts and everything. And I'm like, do I really need all these receipts still after I've itemized everything? But then I'm thinking, well, if I get audited, I suppose I do with that. And
1: I know you're not an accountant, but just... Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, I do, I run across that a lot. So I know that the majority of Americans don't need to keep their taxes past three years plus the current tax year, because that's the IRS laws, like they can't come after you. But if you have write-offs or whatever, then it's the seven-year number, even though we all have seven years in our head. So if you ask your accountant, he's going to tell you, just keep it forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not helpful. Um, but I would just say, give it to someone to scan or buy a scanner. They're so Everything's so expen- inexpensive now. You could scan it, put it on a flash drive, and you have it should you need it, but I doubt you're ever going to need it again.
0: Yeah, my scanner is like hand by hand my my little Roly thing doesn't doesn't work uh, well with it, but I'm trying to think of what those ones are called, where it just zips through everything. You just put a pile of stuff through there. yep, I
1: have it on my desk. it's right here. It's the scan snap, so they have different ones. There's a small one that's like under two hundred dollars that's portable um and then this, the, like the top of the line is like $490. Okay. And it does like 20 or 30 pages. It does both sides. Um, it's wireless or you can plug it into your computer. It'll scan to your phone. It's fantastic.
0: Yeah, I, I've thought about buying one and, you know, procrastinator that I that I can be in certain things. I haven't done that. So I still have my boxes of stuff. Though I've, I've I don't save as much as I used to um with things because I mean I used to save all my utility and phone bills and it's like if I just have because you can always get that printed out from them if you need it and uh it is kind of like duh you know (laughs) get that shredded and you know get the fireplace going or the fire pit outside (laughs)
1: yes exactly that's my, my fireplace is my I have a shredder but I actually use the fireplace more often than my shredder
0: yeah, yeah, I like just bringing it outside. Me, tonight would be a good night with the full moon too. That we're supposed to be having this yeah. evening to do that. So, um, we'll wonder. This has been great, great information. Um, anything that we haven't discussed that we that we should let others know about about Memory Bank and, and what
1: you're doing. Um. Well, I, I think the biggest thing is just it's now the great. Unfortunately, we're all. Inside um, is take the time to have these conversations now because, for those of us who have been a caregiver and know, it's a very difficult journey if you don't have some insight to someone's wishes. Um, I was lucky to be able to have dinner with my parents pretty much twice a week for 20 years, so I had really good insights to what they know or do. But now, as I'm power of attorney for people that I haven't known for a lifetime, um, I do use things like five wishes. We'll have general conversations about someone else. So just take the time to have those conversations when it doesn't matter. Because when it does, you're going to be happy you did have those conversations.
0: Yeah. Do you mind explaining to people? Because a lot of people probably don't know what Five Wishes is.
1: Yes. So Five Wishes is a, a nonprofit organization. And they have a, it's a little toolkit where you can answer questions about how you would like to see the end of your life and what your healthcare wishes might be. And it's a little bit different than healthcare directives because it gives you specific examples. And it asks you, you know, if you were here, what would you want? And so you, you give someone more context. I will say um, my dad had Alzheimer's and my dad ended up having a tumor on his tongue. And there, no healthcare directives, no five wishes could get that level of detail for me to go into. But because I had those conversations and he did have some of those tools in place, it gave me some things to give me context to what might be his, does he want quantity of life or does he want quality of life? So I could confidently answer that question for him. So it's good to have those kinds of tools in place. And it's fivewishes.org. Just do a Google search and you will be able to find it. And it's maybe a dollar to download it, a donation to the nonprofit.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful tool. And it's a, He said it's a great way just to have a conversation that, you know, we need to have yeah. and, and it is important to have some context in terms of when you would want something and when you wouldn't. And uh, that will alleviate a lot of grief and angst. If, if you ever have to make those types of choices for someone else, because it's, it's horrible when you haven't talked about it, when you don't know when it is just a guess. And right. um, yeah. Yeah. Not not a fun not a fun place to be for for mm-hmm. anybody. On that, well, Kay, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Um, you can go to her website, which is Memory Bank, and again, Bank is B-A-N-C dot com. And did you want to give people uh, an email or a phone number at all? Or oh, sure.
1: So if they have questions. Feel free to write me and ask me your question. I'm always happy to help out as someone who's lived this journey. I know it helps to find someone else that maybe just has some thoughts on it. My email is kkay at memorybank, M E M O R Y B A N C dot com.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you again. And I hope, I, I love your idea for your son who turned 18 in terms of you're getting a power of attorney and a healthcare directive and, you know, give people this information to think about this is, you know, a lot of times people are saying, Oh, the millennials, they don't really care, but they really do. You yeah. know, they, they see some of the mistakes that we've made as adults and, and they don't want to do that. And so help them get organized, have that conversation and maybe do it with them. Don't just yeah. say you need it, but right. we all, this is something we all need. Um, and we all need, we all just all need to get more comfortable with our life cycle and our situations and, um, again, living smart. Yeah. Um, Living
1: well. well. It's a, it's a tool for living well.
0: Yeah. It's not about giving away your independence. It's really about keeping your independence and making sure that your, your wishes are, are held to and that people understand who you really are, what you really want. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, again, thank you, Kay. I appreciate your time today. Well, thank you, Laurie. In closing, I just want to say thank you. And we look forward to our next program where we can bring sound information in these confusing times to people all around the world sharing this journey. I know. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed.